12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time for our Australia update and to check in with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey, who's all the way out in Brisbane. And uh, we're going to get the latest headlines from Down Under. Welcome back, Jason. How are you? I'm all right. I'm glad that you're doing better too, Adrian, as we head towards a federal election here in Australia next month. Yes, just around the corner. May 21st is the federal election. Prime Minister Scott Morrison against the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese. Now, what's been making the news is the opposition leader has been down with COVID. Yes, indeed. We're week three of the campaign heading towards May the 21st. And we had the leaders debate last Wednesday here in Brisbane. Anthony Albanese, after a disastrous start to his campaign, did quite well in the debate. But the next day they announced that he'd tested positive for COVID-19. So he's isolating at his home in Sydney. It's a bit of a setback for him. But there is still about three to weeks or so left in the campaign. So they're, they're hoping the Labour Party that he can recover and bounce back. So I think he'll be back on deck on Friday after that seven-day period of isolating with COVID-19. His symptoms aren't too severe, but he's had a bit of a croaky throat, I think some aches and pains and maybe a fever. But uh, it will be an interesting election. May the 21st, the term is going to be a full three-year term for Scott Morrison. And as we've spoken about before on this show, he is a bit behind in the opinion polls, but it's going to be a close federal election coming up very soon. And what's the general mood like over in Australia ahead of this election? What are the people saying? Well, I think the people are pretty fed up with Scott Morrison, but Mm. they're not convinced that Anthony Albanese will be a better alternative because um, it was quite embarrassing, actually, in the first week. Mm. A reporter asked him what the official cash rate was and what the official unemployment rate was, and he couldn't answer either question. He actually guessed on the unemployment rate. I think he said 5.2, 5.3. It's actually 4%. And he couldn't say that the cash rate was 0.1%. So, look, even, um, you know, a basic uh, student of economics would know that. uh, That was simply not good enough. And it went viral uh, in the campaign. But since then, he did better before he contracted COVID-19 about five days ago. Yeah, what promises to be a very interesting election. And uh, it's going to happen next month. Jason, let's quickly move on to China. They've signed a defense pact with the Solomon Islands. It's off the Queensland coast and it's possibly a red line for the Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Now, why exactly is this? Well, this is a bit of an embarrassment actually for Scott Morrison and his uh, Liberal National Party because the Solomon Islands uh, isn't a very well-known part of the world, but it's Pacific Island, uh, a series of Pacific Islands, sort of in the northern part of the Pacific Ocean off Australia near Papua New Guinea, not that far from Singapore actually as as the crow flies. And Solomon Islands has has signed this uh, defence pact with China. That happened last week. It happened under the noses of Australia. And now the possibility is that China could have a defence base, a military base, a naval base at the Solomon Islands. They're not saying that's going to happen, but it really is not good news. Less than 2,000 kilometres from Cairns and Townsville. And Anthony Albanese and the Labour Party's made a big meal about this, a big uh, discussion point. Would it have happened if uh, Anthony Albanese was in charge as prime minister? We don't know. But definitely even in Washington's very, very concerned about this because China's influence throughout uh, Southeast Asia and uh, the Asia Pacific region is getting bigger. And this is not something that uh, we want to see in Australia because Australia is worried about China's influence. China moving from rather passive aggressive to a lot more um, forthright in its actions. And this has happened. It's just in the lead up to the federal election. Yeah, not very good news for Prime Minister Scott Morrison ahead of these elections, as you rightly mentioned. They're sticking with China as well. Uh, The Australian dollar has plunged amid fears of falling 
oil prices. What more can you tell us about this? Yeah, I mean, the Australian dollar was doing quite well against the US dollar a few days ago, but because of the concerns in China with uh, the lockdowns there, the falling oil prices, you know, the Australian economy and the Australian dollar very much a commodity-based economy. And when things are going well, the Australian dollar tends to be strong. But when there's doubt and people looking for safe havens, they go to the US dollar. So the Australian dollar now trading at 71.8 US cents. And even against the Sing dollar, it's dropped to around one dollar and one point five. That means that uh, the Australian dollar has fallen quite dramatically. They they are predicting it could go under seventy cents US. Uh, this is a uh, very very concerning for people who want to start travelling with the borders, of course, reopening. It means it's more expensive for Australian tourists to go overseas. So yeah, very uncertain times with the war in Ukraine and also the lockdowns in China and general geopolitical concerns across uh, Southeast Asia and beyond. Yeah, outlook on Australia, not very good right now. But hopefully all of that improves sooner rather than later. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist all the way out in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from Australia. Now, in Singapore, the majority of COVID-19 restrictions have eased, uh, particularly when it comes to travel. No more pre-departure testing before coming back to Singapore, if you're fully vaccinated. Uh, no more group size limits. You don't have to wear masks indoors at workplaces as long as it's not consumer facing or doing any other activities, which is very good news. Also, they are not making the, the trace together. Safe entry application is also dropped. Also good news in Australia where uh, the close contact rules have eased, which is a major relief for businesses. So win-win both in Singapore and Australia. Yeah, Australia's major states of uh, Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland relaxing those quarantine requirements for asymptomatic close contacts of those with COVID-19. In the past, you'd have to isolate for uh, a week if someone in your household had COVID, but now you can continue to go to work as long as you get tested, you're not being sick. And that's uh, a big relief for businesses who have had so many people call in sick, you know, whether it's restaurants and cafes, offices, small and big businesses, SMEs multinational businesses. They're all affected. So that's happening uh, this week in Queensland from 6pm on Thursday. It means that businesses, you know, I spoke to a hotel owner uh, here in Brisbane and, and he was saying how relieved he is that this will mean that he can get staff more easily. And we've had the other big problem of international arrivals, not being able to come and do jobs that Australians won't do, like picking fruit and service jobs and, and restaurants. And now those people are coming back as well. So Quarantine scrap for unvaccinated international arrivals as well here in Australia. Good news for business. Yeah, very good news for business. Before I let you go, April, we both love this month because it's our birthday month and you recently just turned 60. Also, you don't look uh, 60 at all. Uh, it's a bit of a scam, but <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but let's talk quickly about ageism in Australia. This has been a, a topic that's been spoken about quite a bit recently. Tell me a little bit more about this. Yeah, well, when I turned 60 on April 11th, I wrote a story for the ABC News website. And of course, turning 60 means I'm the same age as Barack Obama, former Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard, Tom Cruise turned 60 this year. I think uh, we've got, um, you know, lots of others uh, coming up to their 60th birthday. I think Brad Pitt is next year, but many, many uh, famous people around the world and being my age. But when I wrote the article, I actually looked at a study on ageism in Australia, and I think we see that in Singapore as well to a certain extent. 
There was a the Human Rights Commission. It's an Australian group. It unearthed some shocking statistics about Australia's attitudes towards older people in its report. What's age got to do with it? It found that 90% of Australians thought that um, ageism exists. 83% say it's a problem, while more than half, 63%, had actually experienced ageism in the past five years. So really worrying stats because Australians now work till the age of 67. That's the official retirement age. And I actually haven't experienced ageism myself. As you say, I look younger than I am, which is a blessing. But I know people out there who've told me it's hard to get a job when you're 60 or above. So maybe Singaporeans, you know, having the same issues as well. So, yeah, a very important milestone for me to turn 60. I'm very grateful for the life that I've had. And as a family, we went down to the Gold Coast and celebrated there at Service Paradise at the JW Marriott Hotel. Had a great time on the huge pool that they have with my daughter. And we also went to Wet and Wild, the theme park, because it was school holidays here in Australia. So, yeah. I've passed that milestone and now I am in my 60s. I guess uh, in some ways you could call me a senior. Oh, no, not just yet. I don't think we... <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I've seen the pictures. You had a fantastic time out with your family and friends. And uh, rightly so, Jason, you deserve to celebrate. I know no one wants to get uh, older because it's just... People say it's downhill, but we should cherish every year that comes by. Possibly coming to Singapore soon? I hope so. Yeah, I'd love to get back. It's just about the, um, the cost of airfares and trying to sync it up with my family and mm. all that. Because the weather actually in Australia now is getting quite cool. And I know a lot of Singaporeans who have uh, friends and family and businesses in Australia know this time of year the temperature is really cooling off. So here in Brisbane, which is the sunshine state, it's actually dropped to below 20 degrees. It was just uh, 20 degrees top temperature yesterday down to about 16 at night. I'm traveling down to Sydney this week because the borders are reopened. I'm going to go and celebrate my aunt's 90th birthday in Sydney. And the weather's going to be even colder and cooler as we head towards May, uh, This, which, of course, is uh, late autumn across Australia. Yeah, very nice. Hope you have the best time while you're out in Sydney. But on that travel note coming to Singapore, I think you've got to just strategically plan after Formula One and before Christmas. And I think you'll be OK. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I've checked the airfares actually with Singapore Airlines uh, for the upcoming uh, June school holidays here in Australia. It's still quite expensive, but I am looking for the specials. So you may see me back there in Singapore before you know it. Yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist all the way out in Brisbane, Australia, getting the latest headlines from down under. Always a pleasure, Jason. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you very much, Adrian, and thanks to all the Money FM listeners on this lunchtime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.